I what am I doing here? <laughs> what do you mean? I feel like I feel like like oh, a, I'm an audience. No, 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 guys, listen. I, I, it's it's. Um, Ed, you guys, uh, we're killing it. Yeah, we're doing a good job, you're, you're Ed. Good. Yo, yo, communicate. We're calling Malcolm I, Jones right now. Cool. Malcolm Jones, the director. Oh, he's another conspiracy. This series. is a good one. Ali, our Malcolm Jones. Hey, hey, what's happening, bro? What's up, man? This is the quarantine check-in. I'm here with West Coast Ali. <laughs> what's up with it, Malcolm Jones? We also got Saucy Ed in the building. What's Saucy up? Ed, what up? Say what's up to Malcolm Jones, man. Yeah, what's up? Good morning. How are you? Good morning, man. How you doing, man? What, what is it? What, Who's this? Who's this? This is uh, Saucy Ed. Saucy Ed. Saucy Ed, yes. Oh, my name's not as cool as you, but good to meet you, bro. <laughs> good to meet you, too. It's a, my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> So what are you doing? What do you? How are you spending time? How how you quarantine yourself? I don't know. Just trying to occupy my time, man. I got nothing but time these days. Yo, yo, Malcolm, <laughs> Malcolm, can I ask you a serious question? Because yeah. you know you're a dear friend of mine. You know the millions of listeners we have don't know that you're actually my friend. But um, yes, I was talking to you the other day, right? And you told me that you, yo, West Coast Ali, you won't believe this. He tells me, sorry to touch you, by the way. I didn't mean to do that. Two and a half feet, please. Sorry. <laughs> but um, he tells me he was about to travel, man. And I was like, yo, you got to document every step of that way because I'm calling you and you got to talk to us about it, man. So, like, to, to, how, how was that journey, man? Yeah, what's that experience like right now? Okay, so what I decided to do was um, I was actually was going to head out to Miami. You know, I really wanted to um, check on my mom. You know, and, and see how she was doing down there. But my mother's 75 years old and diabetic. So I thought about it and I said, oh, you know what? Serious. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make that flight, you know, not until I get checked. You know, I, I'd like to get tested before I go. Now I don't have any symptoms or anything like that. But you know, it doesn't mean that you don't you're not carrying it because you could be asymptomatic, you know? Yes. So I didn't feel comfortable um going to see my seventy five year old mother. Smart diabetic. move, man. Very flip, smart. Huh? What's that? That's Very a good move. move. Good move. Yeah. Now, on the flip side of that, on the flip side of it, you know, my son, little Malcolm, he's in Vegas. Um, he's five years old. Um, so, um, and, you know, it was my birthday the other day. Um, you know, so I ended up driving out to Vegas and go, and I went to see my son. You know, I felt a little bit safer seeing my son than my mother, even though it's, but they do say that, you know, some kids can potentially get sick. But I'm not, you know, everything I've read said that kids are pretty, you know, pretty, um, I guess pretty good with this. Like, you know what I mean? They don't really develop symptoms like that. So, um, and I, after speaking to his mother, I said, you know, are you, have you guys been in isolation? And she said, no, nah, they, you know, they're in Vegas and they pretty much kind of been out in the stores stocking up on supplies. Um, you know, I was a little concerned cause he was out at one point, but you know, they've all, I mean, throw mom on the bus. That's, that's still the homie, but you know, they were, they were, you know, out, family's been out, you know, family that's staying was been out. So I said, okay, well, you know, I, I'll, I'll take a shot. I'll take a chance and go see my son. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and so I, I spent the birthday with him. Uh, happy, happy just birthday. Hung out yeah, happy belated. Happy belated. Yeah. Vegas and I came back. Yeah. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Thanks, bro. Thank you. Now, what I did notice is, you know, being in Vegas is very different from L.A., I mean, what's different? Pre, I mean, pretty much everything is open, man. Wow! Like, so I mean, that's... they're moving. They, but they but the casinos are closed. I didn't really right? understand it. Puzzling to me because, um, you know, it, it's still a pretty serious, you know, uh, uh, situation out there, 
And just because they may not have been hit as hard as we have yet, but I mean, why not catch it? Why not? Why not do preventative methods? You know, I didn't see a point in having um, the, you know, the tire shop open, the payday loan store open, the uh, the the Mexican restaurant open. The you know, I mean, like you name it, it was open. You know, the only thing that was dead was a strip. You know. And, and that was interesting because Vegas is like a city I love. I go to Vegas at least once a year. You know, this is prior to my son moving to Vegas. And, um, you know, and, and uh, it's just crazy to see all the casinos shut down and the whole strip shut down in Vegas. Now, that that was like seen out of a movie. Yeah, yeah, that got to be surreal scene. Yeah, yeah, lights are off on the strip. Lights off on the strip, man. That's crazy, man. It's unbelievable, man. I mean, you know, you guys pockets of lights there, but it's not, it's not like the, it's not like that crazy, you know, bright in uh, uh, Times Square feeling when you get to Vegas where everything is just overly lit. It's not like that. It's not vibrant. You know what I mean? Like it's it's pretty dim, and and actually a little depressing um, to to see the strip like that. Right. You know, it was empty, man. Damn, that's great. So so are you in Vegas right now? No, no, I'm back in Cali. I drove in about uh, three in the morning last night. From okay, Vegas. so you came in uh, straight into lockdown. So you're in quarantine right now. Yeah, I'm on quarantine. You know, I, and, and you know, I, they had flights to Vegas. They were like, um, I don't know, thirty dollars, twenty five dollars, sixteen dollars even to get to Vegas. But I didn't feel comfortable getting on a plane. You know, the thought of it. To me, I felt it wasn't worth it when I could to risk when I could just drive out. Um, yeah, of course. I still, huh? Of course, smart move again. Yeah, yeah. Too smart. I still, I still rented a car because, um, you know, um, my my ride. I was trying to get it. You know, needed to be the, the Beamer needed to get serviced, and I wasn't able to get it serviced in time before everything shut down on me. And you know, with those cars, you really got to take it to BMW. Can't just take it to the side spot. So. I couldn't, I didn't, they shut down, so I couldn't do it. So I didn't feel comfortable driving my car Next there. Step. So I rented, and that made me nervous. Because I'm like, oh, man, now I'm getting in a, a rental vehicle, you know, and I don't know who was in the vehicle before. It's just a trip that but we got to live like this. Did you wipe it down? Did, did you get so, in there and wipe the whole car You know, down? normally you jump in a rental car and you just go, you know? So um, i tell you what I did, though. I, I saw, I, I went to the counter, I said to him, it was that budget. I said, I need the newest car you have i need something with the least amount of miles you know um still though i was like yo give me a charger a challenger though <laughs> i love my chargers and so they found me a white charger with a hemi it was dope so it had 1400 miles on it you know so i had a big um bottle of clorox right you know the clorox wipes the disinfectant wipes yep so i put on my gloves put on my mask you know um and went in there and wiped that car down. Used the whole bottle. I wiped the car for 30 minutes, you know. And that's when it really hit me. I'm like, I'm really, like, this is really happening. Like, we really are ha having to do stuff like this now. That You know, this is, like, crazy. So, you know, me, I think visually, you know, as, as a filmmaker, everything. So I can, like, step outside of myself and see the scene and see the character in the movie doing exactly what I'm doing. And... You know, so like when I'm talking about every touch point I could think of, um, I wiped it from the seat belt to the, uh, you know, obviously the steering wheel, the dashboard, the radio, the face on the radio. I think I broke, I think I broke the uh, radio because 
I don't know if it was supposed to absorb the disinfectant, so the touchscreen stopped working. Don't don't tell budget, but the touchscreen stopped working. You just did. And <laughs> every dial on the radio, the overhead lights, the the rear view mirror, the the handles on the outside the door, on the door, inside the door. I mean, you name it. I do that I to my own car right now. And wiped it again. You know. Yeah. No. Good move on that, man. Yo, can I ask you a serious question, though? Do you even know anybody who actually has the novel coronavirus? Um, no, I don't, um, which is interesting. Now, a friend of mine, actually my manager, I was talking to my manager today. She's a good friend, but she's also my manager. Um, uh, 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 shout out to Monica and getting that Oscar. She got an Academy Award. Um, for Shout sure. out to her. For real. That's my people right there, you know. Um, but anyways, I was talking to Monica. Is and, she um, on quarantine today, also? She told me that three people she knows um, got it, you know, and they were talking about it. Because me and her, we actually are talking about it. Can you call her? Can today. you get her on the phone? Can, 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 huh? can you call her? Can, can we ask her? Because we haven't been able to find anybody who actually knows anybody who who has it. I'd have to I have to text her and call her because I know yeah. she was in the middle. No, no, we got time. Like, We're gonna do we this every day. We're gonna do this every uh, day till it's over. Uh, how was that? No, well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look for victims every day. Yeah. Now it was people. She, you know, it was um, friends of hers. They were on Facebook, and I guess they had posted, um, you know, what they were dealing with. And and one was a school teacher. She said, and the school teacher was um, wrote on Facebook that she had done. She felt she had done everything the right way, um, and she didn't understand why she got sick. Like, and when they said that you know shut down the school, she shut down and immediately went into isolation. And this was a couple weeks ago, and now she's sick, right? Well, or, well, I'm, I don't know she's, what kind of symptoms she's having, but, you know, she tested positive. Another person is a cancer patient, um, which is, you know, tough because, you know, with the chemotherapy, it, it, you know, when you're on chemo, he's currently on chemo, chemo, and it completely depletes your immune system when you're on chemo. You know what I'm saying? Oh, There's no man. immune system. So I heard that that, she was saying that she heard that that person... Um, was actually being rushed to the the, the, the ER, um, you know, because, you know, no immune system, that's a problem. And then another individual um, is a musician who, who just travels a lot, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that hit a core with me because I fly back and forth all the time. I'm East Coast to West Coast um, once, podcast. twice a month, you know what I'm that's saying? Right. Shout out but to East Coast, I, West Coast podcast. Huh? Is that? No, 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 no. Nothing. Thank you. You, you, you just Nothing teed it up for us. You said you're East Coast, West Coast, but you're on the East Coast, West Coast podcast. Word up. Oh, there you go. That's why you're here. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why you're on. Subtle flex. Baby. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so that, that struck a chord in me because, you know, I, I do that a lot. The last time I was on a plane was two weeks ago. I flew in from Miami two yeah. weeks ago. Um, and that was another situation where, you know, again, I Cloroxed everything down. I wiped every, I wiped my entire area, every, every touch point I could think of. Anything I thought I would touch, I wiped it. I actually, um, they actually say you're supposed to, when you book a flight, so, you know, you, you have less chances of contracting the virus if you, um, book a window seat, which I usually do windows anyways, but, because you're not on the aisles where, you know, maybe somebody's sick and walking by and coughing or anything like that. At least you have a little bit of a distance. Um, so they actually say to do a window. And I booked a, um, a, I booked a late night flight 
um, and, um, you know, which I knew there'd be less people on the flight. You know, actually what I did was I, I mapped, I did a mapping. Like I would check different flights and I looked for flights that had the you're fewest scientific. passengers. Mm. You're being real you know scientific with it. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm being real careful. You know what I'm saying? That's what's uh, I mean, look, you know, this, this is better to overreact like Dr. Wafasi said. Better to overreact than underreact. You know, I'm not a paranoid guy, but, um, you know, I do, you know, my girlfriend's in the medical field. You know what I'm saying? So she knows a lot, and I've been educated a lot on What can you tell us that the news is people. not telling us? What, type, what inside information can you share with us right now to our millions of listeners? Um... I'll say that, you know, definitely it's, there's, there's several things. There's so much information I've gotten on it, man. I mean, you know, like I said, I learned a lot through her, but it's like, um, let's say, you know, first of all, they don't know how airborne this really is. Just so you know. I mean, right now they're saying six feet is sort of the, the standard to stay away. But to be honest with you, they really just don't know. Um you know, it, you know, supposedly, you know, from what I've heard um, is that you could be in a room with somebody who's sick and just being in a room with them because, you know, how airborne it might be, you can you can get sick yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I know there's a lot of mixed information out there, you know, but like I said, I'm getting this more from people who I know in the inside in the medical industry. Um, the other thing uh, about it is when it... When it gets into your, your body, you know, really what it is, most people who die from it are going to die from acute respiratory uh, failure, ARF. Um, you know, the, the fluids, they build the mucus. It's someone's mucus, and it builds at the bottom of the lungs, right? Um, me, not, I'm not a medical person. I'm just giving you, you know, restating information that I've gotten, you know, but this is from the best of my knowledge. So let's say, like, your, your lungs is a sponge, Right. Uh -huh. And your lungs fills with imagine imagine a sponge filling with mucus. How do you suck mucus out of a sponge? Without tearing up the sponge. Mm. If you put a vacuum in a sponge, try to suck it up, mm. you know, you're gonna rip the rip your lungs apart, right? Scars. So that's, that's what why the it, lungs are so um so so efficiently efficient at killing you, you know, because it just there's so the the mucus, a load of mucus that, that you develop, it pretty much blocks everything, you know? And the virus can attack the lungs. It can attack the heart. That's why a lot of, oftentimes as well, instead of, you know, most people will die of acute respiratory failure, but it, you could also have, um, die of cardiac arrest, especially if you have a problem with your heart. Um, it could attack... But Malcolm, Malcolm, that? can I ask you a question seriously? Like... How is all of these crazy things can happen from it? But then in the same sentence, they say, don't worry about it. It's mild. And some people have really mild uh, cases. And then, uh, you know, the virus has the potential of killing you as well. So it's like mm -hmm. giving you mild fever to death. It's like, yeah, it's like, that's crazy. <laughs> it is, right? It's like it's, it's, it's very, it's too, it's so extreme. You know what I mean? The dichotomy the, the, the is so extreme because you just never know. I mean, you, you know, most, I supposedly like 80% of us would be okay. 80% of us wouldn't even need to be hospitalized, supposedly. That's what they're saying. Um, but, you know, you never know how everybody's immune system is different. You never, every, we're all built different. So you never know how you're going to react because initially um, it was said that most of the, most of the people who, will end up in ICU or may succumb to the virus um, are older. But now, 
when they, you know, looking at the statistics, um, I think half of the, the, the population that are getting seriously ill and, and, and getting, and, you know, having to go to ICU are actually young, you know, under the age of 50. You understand? So that's, you know, I think you just, you just don't know. But supposedly, yes, you know, 80% of us um, will be fine, you know, and a lot of us will be asymptomatic where you're not even going to know that you're, you have the virus. You're just going to be carrying it, you know, but that's dangerous because you don't have any symptoms. So you think you're okay and then you're spreading it. Do you, do you feel any symptoms? No, no, I don't feel any symptoms. And you haven't at all? Um, no, no, I mean, Thank you know, God. I had thought about it and I was like, okay, you know, look, I have allergies, bad allergies. So, you know, I have my little allergy coughs, you know, which will, which will come and they go, they come, may have one today, may have one tomorrow, may have one three days from now. It, you know, I go through that. But other than that, I, I, you know, I don't really have any symptoms, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but, but again, it doesn't mean that I'm not carrying it because I just don't know. You know, we have to all assume that we could be carrying it. So we have to pretty much um, conduct ourselves as if we have it. That's the only way to stop the spread. Um, but I see a lot of people are not being cautious, like honestly being very disrespectful. The situation like today, I went to the dollar, you know, I, I, I was driving. I saw a dollar store had a sign up and said, oh, uh, we have toilet, they had toilet paper is a big sign. Toilet paper and... Um, what's it called um hand sanitizer uh -huh. right so you know i'm pretty stocked up on my toilet paper which was crazy in itself i don't know understand it was bizarre to rush on toilet paper me being from miami you know well new york and then living in miami for so long you know i'm used to hurricanes okay and every time there's an emergency um you know hurricane comes you know every year almost every year we have to go stock up on hurricane supplies emergency supplies normally it's batteries water canned foods you know but never toilet paper that's never been in the list of emergency supplies so i don't get the rush on the toilet paper and it just really is bizarre it's like somebody said yo they're buying up all the toilet paper so then everybody ran out and got toilet paper just in case right so Sheep. there's this line outside the dollar store you know because people are trying to get toilet paper I needed hand sanitizer because I was running low. So, um, you know, I get out, I go in line, right? Nobody's keeping their distance. That's the thing that, I, that wow. really struck me. I'm like, we're supposed to keep a certain distance from each other. So I moved away. I'm like, yo, that's my spot. I claim my spot behind this, this old lady and this, 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 this white dude. And I backed off, you know, from them. I was like, yo, I'm right here. You know what I'm saying? Here go this guy. He walks up, right? Right next to all of us, right? He starts coughing. He's clearing his throat and he's coughing like hacking. You know what I'm saying? But he's not covering his mouth. And he's not keeping his distance. So I had to check him. I had to check him. I was like, yo, buddy, like, yo, cover your mouth, bro. Like, you see what's happening. Like, everybody, like, he does it immediately. Like, the whole line is like, dispersing. Like, what's, because everybody's looking at him like he's crazy. So, I, you know, me being from East Coast, I was just like, yo, money, like, you got to cover your mouth, man. Like, you you can't, you know, and you're supposed to keep your distance. He's like, oh, sorry, sorry. But how you coughing? Like, you shouldn't be coughing not covering your mouth in the He's first place. He's out of line. Like, you're supposed to cover your mouth anyways. You're yeah, inside of your elbow. But how you in a time like this, you're just going to, like, hacking up, bro, and you're not even covering your mouth and you're standing next to people? That's very inconsiderate. Yeah, very inconsiderate, man. 
Very inconsiderate, man. How about these conspiracy theories, man? Are you are, are you up on any of those that's going around? Um, the conspiracy theories. <sighs> I heard this one about uh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> what about it? <laughs> nah. No, no, I'm just no. saying that. that like I'm it goes, saying. it goes. It, I just wanted to see if you heard because I got like ten people sending me this thing, like. Yo, this is a whole pedophilia thing. They're trying to get all the pedophiles off the street. And then oh, wow. there's another one that's saying, yo, you notice how you don't know anybody who has this. Everybody who has it is celebrities or politicians. That's because that's what they're saying. And we, we never, we, we actually didn't know anybody who actually got tested and had it. Hmm. I... Yo, I didn't hear that one. The, the, those, the ones I heard, it's interesting, though. The one I heard, I'm in line, you know, again, keeping my distance. And, you know, there's these two dudes, you know, sitting in line, you know, one in camouflage, you know, the real gun ho tight white boys, you know, real, you know, simplify motherfuckers, right? Can you curse on this shit? You can, curse. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, you can say whatever you want, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Motherfuckers in there and then start with a conspiracy theory, right? So dude says, yo, I work for every agency with a three-letter. You know what I mean? So, you know, FBI, CIA, CIA, whatever the hell. So he's talking. He's saying that he works for them. He works for them. You know I mean, I don't know how true this is or not. But anyways, he says, um, yeah, government had this plan. They see this coming. You know, this was something that they planned for us. It's straight up population control. You know, and, you know that's a big one going around is population control. And he says, all they're trying to do is lock us in so they can take our Second Amendment rights away from us. They want to try to take our guns. And he's like, uh, he says, I want to I want to congratulate all of you. Like he's giving a speech. I want to congratulate all of you for um, for standing up for your Second Amendment rights. You know, I'm really proud to see all of um, you Americans out here, you know, uh, uh, standing up for, you know, your rights to bear arms, you know. And then he starts getting into the whole population control about what they're doing, that it's going to be martial law, that he's got friends in the feds that are saying that, yeah, you know, this is what's going to happen. So, you know, and, and so if you if you really... If you if you really you know you, you can let your your mind can really you know can really play tricks on you. You can really start to go deep into this stuff, and it could be very dangerous if everybody starts to if people start to buy into this. This is where you can have chaos. You know, I'm not saying that none of it is possible. Anything is possible, and we already know you can't really trust governments. You know what I'm saying? But you got to try to at least be try to be optimistic. You know, cautiously optimistic. Protect yourself. Be vigilant. Pay attention to what's happening around. But don't don't get so caught up that you know you become paranoid and become a part of the problem as well. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Right. But That's did y'all see? Uh, I don't know question. if you saw. Um, thing that was really uh, frustrating to me was Bill Gates warned. You know, talked about this. I mean, he has a TED TEDx. I don't know if anybody's seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. Bill Gates, but I saw that. I saw that. I saw you that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it's like if you look at the timeline and you look back every few years, there's some type of a, a virus or some type of a pandemic, damn near, that mm -hmm. they try to suppress. Right? It's just this time we got caught. That was saucy. I violated us, but. He this time, 
we got caught with our pants down because China, China lied. China lied to us and didn't tell us the real deal. And now here we are because our president lied to us and didn't have the right pieces of the puzzle on the board so we could contain this. But now we're trying to contain it. But, you know, because I, I wasn't sure if you knew or not, but podcasting is a central uh, part of the services based on the city of California. City so, of Los Angeles. City of Los Angeles. But that's why we're here actually doing this right now uh, because we feel like it's our duty, you know, for our millions of listeners. Hundreds of millions. To share this information. We want to thank you, Malcolm, for getting on and being so open about your experience and what you're going through. And uh, we actually were supposed to have you in the studio, but uh, then Corona hit, so now we got you on the phone. All good, all good, bro. Um, I mean, I appreciate it, man. Um, you know, look, the thing with with, um, with China, you know, I watched um, a documentary. I downloaded it on Apple TV. It's called, I think it's called Coronavirus, actually. And it's inter- it's crazy how they Shout out to Cardi B's film song. a documentary, edit it, and then release it and sell it already. <laughs> it's like no, that's it's... some ingen- that's some ingenuity for your ass, right? It's just so fast how that happens. So I watched it, and it pretty much documented documented this whole situation from the inception. And when you watch it, it really pisses you off, man. Because um, you know, I gotta say, I don't agree with Trump publicly out there calling this the, the Chinese disease or virus. You know, I don't think that that's, that's really something for the president to do. I do believe that China needed to be checked, though. Um, but not maybe not in the manner in which Trump does it. You know what I'm saying? But when you watch it, you know, it's like, first of all, um, so much of this stuff does come out of Asia. And, uh, and, and, and a lot of it has to do with how they handle their meats and the food that they eat. eat, you know? You're not supposed to be fucking eating bats, you see? But I somebody mean, could tell you, Malcolm, somebody can tell you, hey, man, you're not supposed to be eating chicken or a cow. Yeah, you, 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 you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But that bats are known to have, um, to contain so many coronaviruses, you know what I mean? They, they have, there's just, you know, because it's part of their defense mechanism. That's how they... That's how they hunt. That's how they kill, right? Um, you know, so the viruses is a big part of that. So why are we eating bats? And, and especially if you know that there's been outbreaks in the past that's been as a result of eating bats and um, or animals like that that we're not supposed to eat that can contain all these viruses, and then it gets caught up with, you know... You know um, By the way, but, but, but Malcolm, Ma- Malcolm haven't, they, haven't they been eating bats for, forever? Um, I guess so. I guess so. So why hey, why, know, why I, you know now? How this thing goes, man. You know, um, even the clock is right at least once a day. You know, so just because they've been eating it forever doesn't make it right. Um, twice a day. You know, eventually, you know, stuff happens. You know what I'm saying? If I take a gun with I put one bullet in it in the chamber, you know, with a revolver and I keep, you know, clicking it at my head, one of these days I'm gonna take my head blow my head off. You know, it may not be today, it may Russian not be roulette. tomorrow the day after that, but eventually it's gonna happen. We're playing Russian roulette with the. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, you know, so the bat supposedly, um, uh, I guess it was there and they cut it and then the blood, the pig got to the pig, pig ate the, the 
bat meat and the butcher got involved and the blood got on the butcher and then the you know got into the meat and somebody ingested it and it started to spread right so that's problem number one then the other part that really gets you when you watch the documentary um you know um which i think i encourage everybody to see it can, can you give us the name when, again because I, I can't remember yeah, bro coronavirus <laughs> That's what it's called? On Netflix. Yeah. On Netflix. No, well, I saw it on Apple TV. You know, Mm, I can say the information, because there's there's so much stuff out there called coronavirus right now. How much did you pay for it, Malcolm? How much did you pay for it? How much did you pay for it on Apple TV? I rented it for like $4.99. Mega rich. But you know, let me ask you a question. How much do you spend a year on like... (laughs) Creative stuff like that, we like cough. watching stuff and uh, and paying for those memberships. Because I I I I I'm at like forty a month already. Just me. Wow. Between music, um, streaming, uh, it's forty a month at least. Mm. I, I, but Malcolm sounds like he's in the hundreds. Ma- Malcolm's what? You're in the hundreds of dollars a month in streaming fees. And streaming, nah, nah. I, you know what? I don't have that kind of time, man. As much as um, now you do. Now you do. Now you do, player. But um, but yeah, I don't have that kind of time, man. But I, I watch. Um, I do stream. I do stream stuff. You know, I try to stream stuff regularly. You know, when I can. Um, it's just very. It's just so much in content online. It's so hard to keep up with this stuff. But I mean, yearly, I don't even know what I spend on on that stuff. I, I know. I know. Do like, you have Netflix? Netflix. I mean, I I got my my Netflix subscription, which is what ten twenty dollars a month, something like okay, that. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, you, which that's do, a subscription. Apple TV is you know transactional. So do, do you have Amazon? Mm-hmm. Huh? Do you have Amazon? Uh I do have Amazon. Do you um, have Hulu? No, I don't have Hulu. No. Oh, that's where he draws. Like, the, that's where he draws the line. I don't have Hulu. <laughs> Hulu. Cause I feel like it's just overload on that stuff. It's Hulu. I feel like it's mm. all the same shit. <laughs> no, it's not actually. Cause the cause the Wu Tang uh, show was on Hulu. And how about Epix? Do you do you watch Epix? Nah, I, I, I shout out to the Fire Stick, the Godfather of Harlem. Shout out to the Fire Stick, keeping people <laughs> entertained all these years. <laughs> she has, um, she has that Fire Stick and stuff. No, no, I've, no, no. You know what I like? Me, sold me, um, Co- Cody. Yeah, that's, that's... Her, like shout out to Chris. My barber hustles everything, man. So he got the Cody. He owns a shop. <laughs> you know, you go to hook you <laughs> up with a the Cody. Get the discount on the Cody. You do a lot of cuts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, shout, man, shout like, from, like, you know, he's uh, uh, a Puerto Rican from Brooklyn. You feel mm-hmm. me? Sounds like it. Sounds like it. You know, I always got, Chris, I always got the hustle, man. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I do, I do spend money on, money on research. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do, I read a lot, a lot of now, books now, on Kindle. Let me, let me, um, let me, let me, let me, let me segue real quick and ask you a few questions, Malcolm. Originally from Brooklyn. From Brooklyn. Oh, you I'm got- Jamaican, Jamaican, half Jamaican, half Cuban, born in Jamaica. You know, parents migrated to, to New York, Brooklyn, Bronx and Brooklyn, and then um, moved to Florida when I was a, a teenager. Now, what got you real interested in, in, in the visual arts? Oh, man. I, I feel like I come from a whole long line of storytellers, man. My, my grandparents used to always tell me stories on stuff like that. I feel like that's where it started for me. Like, I was really into that. It's two loves I had, you know, football and 
and and and and storytelling. I, and you know, and rap. I used to, I used to mess around with that a little back That's in the day through rapping. And then I turned to writing a lot of my boys' rhymes because I was like, I'm not as that tight as my homies are. So I was better at writing their lyrics for them, helping them write lyrics and shit. So my writing was always on point. I was always a storyteller. So I used to write a lot of rhymes for my homies and shit. They used to go out and do shows and, and record. And so, oh, okay. and so, like, when did you actually like decide that you wanted to do anything in the film world? Like, like, what, when, what, what was that moment? Besides, like, being a storyteller and having that that eye, like, when did you decide that it was like your calling? Um, I got hurt playing ball. Like, I wanted to, you know, initially, I, I, I was thinking, you know, Florida man, like, you know, growing up down there, um, you, you really had to play. You really, you really into sports, especially football is like the main shit down there, right? So we all did that. You couldn't really exist around our neighborhood if you didn't play football or basketball, you know? Um, I grew up on an area called Deep Side, you know, that, that was nicknamed out in, in Fort Lauderdale. And so um, I, I really excelled in, in athletics. Um, and, you know, I figured one day I'm going to play and go to the NFL and I'm going to take the money from the NFL and I'm going to build me a movie studio and I'm going to make movies. But I didn't know I wanted to direct. Like, I really didn't understand what a director was, to be honest with you. I just was like, yo, I want to make movies and, and I'm going to make this, this, this NFL bread and I'm going to put that into making films. And then um, got hurt. Shit didn't work out. Didn't go that, that route. Um, some scholarship opportunities I had, I lost. And, you know, I decided that um, I would go to, you know, still trying to figure it out. You know, had kids young, you know, coming out of high school um, and I ended up going to University of Miami. And I walked one day I was there. I walked past the film department. And I was like, yo, this looks great. I went over there. They said they had some scholarship monies. And if I wanted was interested and I was like, yo, sign me up. Got into it that way. Um, I was hesitant at the time because I didn't. You know, I'm like, I don't want to have kids very young, like I said. So I was like, I don't want to be a struggling artist. I'm saying I can't afford to be a struggling artist. There's no way, you know, because I had twins to, you know, so, um, you know, as a freshman in college with twins, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, I had to, um, you know, I got to see, I got to see how I am with this film thing, man. I said, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try it. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to go to law school or something. And then when I come out, I'll do entertainment law and try to get into movies that way. So I did my first film in college, um, and the film won a bunch of awards. And I was like, oh, shit, I might actually have skills at this. You know, my professors thought, they, they told me, it's like, you're, you know, you're dope. You, you're good at what you do, man. Like, you should really, really consider, like, take this seriously. Like, you have an eye and you have a knack for story. Um, and so I went all in and then as soon as I graduated college, I was working. Like I was immediately directing videos out of school. Like there was no break for me. And when did I meet you, Malcolm? At what point was that? You met me when I had, I think I had just started to, I, I, I was like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be the storyteller right? and tell you. Local to Miami. No, no. I'm not. I, First time I met you was at the radio station with DJ Khaled. Oh, word, right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it was a video, and, and we at the radio station doing promo, and Khaled, you know, he's always hustling. He had Malcolm right there in the studio, and he says, hey, let's get DMX to do a cameo for the video. Which video was it? It was uh, 
Holla at me. Holla at me. Khan's first yeah. video, man. Holla first video me, for right? And, yo, I don't know how I did it, but I convinced the dog to do a cameo in the video in one of the rooms at the radio station. If you look back at the video, you'll see Malcolm. He did, he did magic with that cameo. But um, that's where I first met Malcolm, and I was like, okay, I like this guy already. He's, he's a gorilla in making Ollie, it happen. Ali left me in the room alone with X, and, and DMX, he started yeah. growling at me. Man. Like, <laughs> and then he's like, because he don't kiss the one growl side. So I'm like, yo, yo, stand right here. I'm gonna light you here. We come. shoot you here. Like, X is like, he has no patience whatsoever. And and so he kept moving, and I'm like, no, no, hold up. Just just give me a minute. Like, stay right there. So I said that. He turns around. He's like, uh, hurry up, uh, uh, bro, I got you to do. It's like, do it again. He moved again. I said, yo, for real, like, I gotta get the shot. So he starts growling at me. So I just laugh. Like, I, I, just, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, this shit is hysterical. Like, he's really growling at me. <laughs> like, for real. Yeah, like, where do you so, go from there? I love X. Like, that's, like, I still love DMX. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a huge X fan. And I'm like, the guy that I really, you know, grew up watching and just think is phenomenal just growled at me. This is, this is, this is dope. Yeah, that's this epic shit. <laughs> like, and so, yeah, me and Ali was cool ever since. Yeah, no, then, then we ended up doing a bunch of other cool stuff together, too, man. But Yeah, Little Mama videos, where she comes out with a squad of, like, 200 people. <laughs> those are, those are when like, you were saying, huh? how much okay. was the biggest budget uh, we got? So that was, like, at the end of the big budget, but those were, like, mega budgets compared to what people are doing now, right? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, those budgets, I mean, we was doing budgets... Um, some of our video budgets was like three hundred thousand. I mean, I think the biggest budget I had was half a million. You know, shout out to Max, man. Max, uh, I forget his last name, but he damn near would give us the blank check over there at Jive, man. I oh, like you talk about Max? Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, Creative yeah, yeah. Guy. I love Max, man. He's he's one of the real ones, man. He was my fa honestly, Max Nichols is my favorite music video. Max from, Nichols, um, there it is, man. No, no, he was. Listen, I learned a lot from him. I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth because what it was with him was he took his job serious and he was like, nah, this guy gets the whole thing. It's like, that's it. Just let it go. There was nothing yeah, to talk yeah. about. And the thing, the thing with Max is the, um, the pedigree, you know, because his dad is Mike Nichols, right? So, um, and Mike Nichols did, um, oh, man, The Graduate. Um, he did MASH, um, you know, Mike, you know, so, you know, oh, God rest his soul, um, you know, Mike is a, was a phenomenal filmmaker himself. So Max has that sensibility. And so he really respect, um, respects film. You know, we didn't get that from most of the people on the music side, record side, working in the, in the music video industry. I feel like, you know, they just didn't have that, that, that real eye or respect or the support for what we did as uh, filmmakers. Saying, so uh, respect definitely shots to Max, man. Respect that. Yes. And look, we want to get into it more. Like to be honest, man, we got to get you. With, with this is going to be. I, I don't want to do a whole hour uh, podcast on it, but we want to get back with you and then just you know when it's not coronavirus and really get into uh, life, art, and you know life, and you know kind of just like more about your stories, man. Because because I, I love the way you articulate them, Malcolm. Thanks, baby. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. But look, man. we're gonna check in with you on the too. coronavirus because um, that's what oh, we are. I jump, I just want to share an anecdote with you. In Vegas, I actually went and bought an N95 mask, 
And um, but it was crazy the way I did it. I met this guy, like I, 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 I you know, um, Craigslist. I, you know, I saw ads on Craigslist, um, putting out for, you know, I was looking for N95 mask, right? Because that's the, you know, that's the one that you know really, um, you know, helps to protect you. Because you know, there's a lot of misinformation. They tell you that don't wear a mask because it doesn't really help you. That's bullshit. Why do you think the healthcare workers do wear these masks? Um, there's a surgical mask that aren't going to help you, and most of the masks out there aren't really going to help you. The N95, you get that, you know, usually they're custom fitted. So, you know, that's the other thing. People don't wear them properly. That's another reason why it doesn't work. So you have to really kind of know how to how to wear it, how to fit it properly, how to use it. Um, it's not for repeated uses, really just for one-time use, but there's a shortage, so you really don't have a choice. Even the healthcare professionals have to, you know, use it, um, you know, repeatedly right now. Um, you know, another thing is they don't want everybody running out buying them up because it's hard for the healthcare workers on the front lines who really do need it, which I do agree with them on that. Um, but nonetheless, I still went and bought a 10 pack, right? So, um, the 3M ones, cause you know, again, those are the ones that are, um, are more official to me. So, um, so this guy on Craigslist, they met him in the, in the middle of the night at a Shell gas station. Homie comes out the car. I'm telling you, man, I was like, I wish I had my camera or somebody with me with a camera. Like, this is some shit that I couldn't have written myself. He comes out, you know, he's gone on the camouflage. He's gone on the, um, the, uh, like, what looked like a bulletproof vest, but it wasn't. Um, but he had that on. You know, he's got on his mask. He's got his gloves on. He comes out the car, walks up, and then he's like, stays you know good six feet from a window he takes the box out and he like kind of chucks it through the window you know it's like yo get cash i'm like what the fuck right so i hand him the hundred bucks it was like you know for a pack of 10 um you know check the price you know mask a hundred dollars for a pack of 10 sealed baby you you know you're good and you know and i'm like this is this is crazy you just did a drug deal for a mask you did a mask deal Yes, wow. that's what I'm saying, Ali. Like if I like if I had to write a movie like Contagion on a virus, something I couldn't I couldn't have thought of that. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. That's a great one. I like that, and I got something to share with you offline. It's the Corona heist. Let, let's talk about word? that. Okay, all right. Down. <laughs> you see where I'm going with that? So, so what happens? So you get the mask, and what you just drive off? Yeah, I get the mask, but you know what was cool was um now now check this. Um and, and, and Ali, could you give me like like five seconds real quick? Real quick, because my phone wanna it kind of it's kind of clear. One second. No, no problem. <laughs> this is the type of podcast this is. Official. This is how we get down. It's crazy, man. I'm on Craigslist right now looking for masks, so I'm like, <laughs> if you find some, I need one. I'll take five. For I got one in the car, but gee. Yeah, we need five. You got some? But the 3M, the real. I don't, I, I'm, I'm How about looking. the saucy mask I see Yeah, yeah. So, so, sorry about that. So, here's the deal. I'm like, hold, like, hold up real quick. <laughs> so, as the podcast, right? So, yeah. um, the deal is, you know, what happened was um, I didn't, I, I had to, I said, okay, I had to put gas in the car. You know what I'm saying is I'm getting to hit the road. And um, so I jump out. I go to get out the car. Excuse me, I got to put the gas on. So, you know, you have on your mask. So there's no reason for me to have on my mask. Now, I already had a mask from before. So I took my mask off. As soon as I took my mask off, because I'm like, if he has on his mask, he's the only one around me. Then if he's coughing or sneezing, just from my knowledge, I should be okay. 
So I lowered my mask. I was like, this is stupid. I go to get out the car. As soon as I lowered my mask, homie backed up. No lie, he backed up a good 20 feet. He was like, get the fuck back when he saw my mask go back. You could literally see the, how uncomfortable he was that I took off my mask. So he backs way up. And I walk over to the pump and he's talking to me, but I'm seeing how he's uncomfortable. He's like, he's like, I don't know if I should run to my car. So I put my mask back on so he'd feel more comfortable. You know what I'm saying? So then, you know, because at that point, we were discussing our kids. He's got a five-year-old and he was trying to figure out, and I've got a five-year-old, you know, um, who, and, and we were both having a conversation where, I, where, you know, I was sharing with him. I said, I think this mask is going to be too big for my son. And he says, yes, I'm having the same problem with, with my son. And this is a white guy. I don't know him, but, you know, and we're talking about the concern for both of our children. And, you know, he said that him and his wife are trying to figure out how to cut together a custom mask for his five-year-old. And they're using surgical masks to do it. And I said, it's not going to work. Surgical mask is not going to work. And then he's like, well, let me, maybe I could retrofit the N95 or whatever. And, you know, and I said, yeah, I'm worried about mine too, you know. Um, but I, and it, it hit me. I'm like, wow, you know, these are the things that no matter how, me and this guy couldn't be any more different. He looks like some dude from Idaho, you know, that's like kind of, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm like, there's no way. Like, but in the moment, like the crisis we're under, like we're able to share a mutual love for our sons, our children, and show how we are all connected. We're all human no matter what at the end of the day. And we both have love for our kids and are both concerned for our children and trying to look out for that. You know what I mean? And that touched me i'm like that's like that's a beautiful moment again i'm like these are things that i cannot write you know what i'm saying yeah yeah that's real life shit right there man even as bizarre as how our initial meeting started out you know and so when he was leaving i was like yo good luck to you and the fam said the same thing you know hope you figured out with your son you know um make it work you know whatever so um do you have his number does he have any more n95 masks available um, I said, are there more? Yeah, do, does he have more? He said he had, I think he said he had a pack of five left. Um, he had five of them. I, you know, he gave me five. He said he had five more, but he wasn't sure if he wanted to sell it or not. Because like I told you before, you're not supposed to keep using the mask over and over. Like the viral load can actually build on your mask. You know, you're supposed to, that's why, you know, when they do it, you know, they, when the medical professionals use it, they get rid of it, you know, but, but they are in such a situation, because viral load is a big part of this too. How much you're exposed to people who are actually sick matters. You know what I'm saying? So you and I may be in contact with the virus, you know, keep it moving, but a doctor, a nurse, somebody, or health professional, you know, they are in constant contact with sick patients and the, the viral load can, can overtake the body um that's why they you know they're more susceptible of getting really ill or dying you know more so than we are because of the viral load and how much it builds on the mask matters so you're supposed to take them off and if you can't get re replace the mask because you don't have any more now they got to clean their mask right and there's a way to do that too you know so and not just basic cleaners like we don't it's medical grade cleaners to clean the viruses off of these masks and a lot of people don't know that so public is they're out there getting these masks 
Also, my surgical mask ain't going to do shit because the virus is going to go right through that. It's too porous. Um, or they're getting these um, these other masks that don't fit properly. They don't know how to fit it properly. And if they do find an N95 mask, they don't understand cleaning it and they don't understand viral load and what that all that means. So there's a lot of misinformation out there. And, you know, it's not for us to have this information, really, honestly. Now in a time like this, yes. But before, why would we even need to know all of this? You know what I'm saying? Even like watching people with gloves on and I'm like looking at them like, yo, y'all don't know shit about cross-contamination. Like, you know, with these, like you got your gloves. This lady got her gloves and she's walking down the street, right? But she's carrying her purse. So if you took the glove and you touched something that had the virus on it, then you picked up your purse and you walked off with it and put their clothes in trash bags. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. They got to be careful, especially if they got kids, man. But yo, Malcolm. Yo. We want to thank you for taking this time, man. You really yo. uh, gave us a lot of good information. And uh, we want to get you back. Is it okay if we call you back during the week to get some more yeah, insight? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any last words to the audience, millions of listeners? Be safe. Um, take, take it seriously. Um, you know, try not to, if you don't need to go anywhere, try not to go. Time to love your family. Um and, and, and use the time to be productive, man. Catch up on things that you know you may want to do that you haven't had a chance to do. All right, my brother. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. And let's be innovative, too, man. We want to figure out how to uh, uh, get some of that $2 trillion that they've given. So let's be innovative about that, too. Word. Exactly. Netflix giving away $100 million, right? How do so we get, get that? Money. Let's get that. All East right. Coast, West All Coast right. podcast. Thanks for checking out. Thank you, Malcolm. Malcolm. Appreciate you, brother. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right.